Welcome to the Awaken Take Podcast. On today's show, we recap the divisional rounds of the playoffs and go through each of the games from this past weekend. We hit on all the storylines coming out of the divisional round and moving into the championship round next weekend. Then we talk Gopher hoops and the big win over number seven, Michigan. Gophers back up to number 17 in the AP poll this week. We take a look at the schedule that gets much easier for your Golden Gophers. Then we hear from Ramble and Rick about a crazy story out of Colombia involving cocaine hippos and Pablo Escobar, a nuts edition of the Tales of Ramble and Ricky. And we wrap the show with a new segment, Best Thing I Saw All Week. Yeah, we totally ripped off SVP, but hey, that's all right. We're still going to do it. And the best thing I saw all week was a guy named Josh Stevenson. He joins us at the end of the show to share what he's been doing recently. Uh, it's incredible. You're all going to want to hear it. All of that today on the Wake and Take Podcast. There is a house in New Orleans They call the rising sun And it's been a ruin of many a poor boy and welcome to the show, BG and Ramblin' Rick calling in today. No Randy, fellas, for, for a second consecutive episode as his family's visiting him down in Florida. So uh, Randy's taking a little time off, but hey, we'll, we'll get right into it, fellas. NFL recap. Full slate of games this past weekend. I was pretty much on the golf course the entire weekend again. Uh, I did catch uh, the second half of that Bucks saints game. And boy, oh boy, does it is it fun to watch Drew Brees and the Saints just suffer. E- even though I think Drew Brees is a good guy and whatever, a good family man or whatever, I just hate their organization. I hate that he's a part of their organization. I hate everyone involved on that team. I hate their coach the most. Greg Williams, obviously not with them anymore, but everybody related to the, to the Saints. I hate, so to see them with all the talent they have, again, get devastated in the playoffs, again, lose at home, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great to see. I think it was actually the best thing to happen um, this past weekend for the NFL playoffs, even with the Packers winning. I probably enjoyed the Saints losing more in that round than I would have the Packers losing. Uh, just because of how cocky the Saints are. Obviously, the 9 bounty gate, um, and we'll probably talk about that later with what Winfield posted. But it's just great to see Sean Payton and Elvin Kamara, guys who have been super cocky against the Vikings, and somehow Elvin Kamara receiving the votes for All-Pro first team and not Delvin Cook. But it's, yeah, it's, it's poetry in motion that karma comes around to them and that Tom Brady... Um, and this new Bucks powerhouse is the one to put them out. It's it's pretty refreshing, especially after the Saints beat them by 35 points their past meeting. They couldn't get it done in the playoffs. So I was very excited to see that. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw Michael Thomas. He was complaining on Instagram after the game about an incomplete pass that he thought was a touchdown, which is just totally up his alley. He's <laughs> He whines on social media after every single game, and he had zero catches in that playoff game. So it's just, it's good all the way around. Yeah, I, I mean, anytime Michael Thomas has zero catches, 
he, he's going to be crabby for sure. And, you know, credit to the Bucks defense, knocking, you know, locking him down all day long. So they're moving on, and they're going to have to head up to the frozen tundra. It's going to be like 26 degrees, so not super cold uh, in Lambeau this weekend. But it'll certainly be a big culture shock compared to uh, Tampa Bay. Um, <clears throat> should we jump over to the Packers side of things? No Randy, so we're not going to get too in-depth here. But Packers hold off the Rams. I understand it got a little close in that second half. BG got to like a seven-point game, uh, and then the Packers scored a couple late touchdowns or one late touchdown to cut widen that gap a little bit yeah I got to a one possession game but if you were watching the game it was never really that close uh the Packers could have won by 17 uh scoring late in the game but obviously they didn't need to Packers were in control from the start and never looked back um and they showed that they deserved to be going to the NFC North champ or the NFC championship and it wasn't really much of a ball game to be honest but Rodgers looked really good um, what I really liked watching that game is Devonte Adams just eating up Jalen Ramsey. You could see Jalen Ramsey was visibly frustrated out on the field at himself, at the coaches, and at his teammates. And Devonte Adams had, I think, seven or eight catches in the game and a touchdown. Not all of them were on him, but you could see just Jalen Ramsey didn't know what to do against a receiver like that. Um, and kind of re- related back to the Saints, just it's good to see somebody so cocky get a taste of his own medicine. Um, and Adams is a, I think Adams is a beast, and I like him even though he's on the pack. But yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good win by the Packers, and they looked really strong. Yeah, I always like when when the cocky corner, like the uh, the Richard Sherman, gets just absolutely burned. Uh, that it's just fun. It's just fun to watch those guys get burned. Zachary, yeah. you see either of those uh, games in the NFC this weekend? I did. Yep. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that Bucks game. That was the, the Packer game. I, I kind of knew that was going to happen, and I, I'm okay with it. I, I don't think the Rams deserve to be there in that position. I think the Seahawks. I mean, it would have been different because the Seahawks would have played the Bucks, and I'm trying to think how that would have played out. Or the Seahawks would have played the Packers and. Bucks would have played the Packers. Seahawks would have played the Saints. So all, yeah. all's, all's well that ends well, and I'm super happy that it's Tom Brady's got a shot to beat, be in the Super Bowl one more time. I've never rooted for Tom Brady in my life, but I thought he was just my hero this weekend, man. I was so he, – he just looked like he was never flustered, dude. And come to think of it, I don't think I've ever seen a game where he looks worried. And that, you know, attributes to his record setting. And I just saw – and I think it set the record probably 10 years ago, but he had – this is his 14th conference championship he'll be in. Mm-hmm. I just can't even, I can't, I can't believe that. I saw some crazy <laughs> Tom Brady stats today. I yeah. just don't believe it. And so I was so, so stoked. And that, that it was a really fun game to watch. It was back and forth. And um, the Bucks defense looked really, really solid. Like it was fun to watch those young rookies. They were, they were having a time out there and it's really great to see Winfield um, mm-hmm. have success. Like that. that was yeah, that was a joy to watch. But yeah, fun, fun uh, day of football. Yeah, and Winfield almost had that pick too on that overthrow. I th- I don't know if it was. I think it was the third. next play where he he caused that fumble, or the two plays later because we were okay. all going crazy. Yeah, um, and, and, he man, missed that, but it's just so fun weird. to watch. And am I stealing somebody's best thing I saw this week? If we talk about that Winfield Instagram post, nope, that's all you, BG. That's not yours. Nope, not mine, but okay. it should be. I mean, every I, I think a, a lot of people at least saw this one now. Um, but 
I, I saw it all over Vikings Twitter this afternoon. Uh, I'm just pulling up the quote here, but Antoine Winfield posted on Instagram earlier today, made some grown men cry last night, and I don't feel bad about it. That was from my pops back in 09. Hashtag Bucks win. That is awesome, dude. That is so awesome. Revenge game. <laughs> back a whole generation, basically. I mean, that 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 was so sweet. I, lo- I love that he posted that. Some, some of my friends and... Um, back at school are Packer fans love them to death, but they, they don't understand. And I think they've recently have questioned our, um, our attitudes towards the saints and towards, towards the Packers too. Um, but they've, they've wondered about it and you know, it's not, not just us who holds grudges. Like we, we don't, yeah, it's hard to be a Minnesota fan, but it, it's justified. There, there were some things that just shouldn't have happened in 09. I'll never forget that. I know you guys will never forget that. I mean, you guys are bigger Vikings fans than I am. And if, if Winfield's saying that a pro athlete right now who, you know, is off to bigger mm-hmm. and better things, if he's still thinking about that, um, that is, that just shows it right there. How, how much, um, how much those things mean to us and, and mean to the fans in Minnesota. So I'm stoked about that. That was, that probably should have been the best thing of this week. Cause that, that is just awesome that he said that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of comments um, on that Instagram post of his from like, Gophers players and other like verified people on Instagram. And one of the Gophers players said like, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for doing that. I remember crying in my basement during that play. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty sweet to see that all the way in Tampa and having a great rookie year, um, going to the NFC championship. Now he still has his Minnesota roots and is paying respect to his dad, um, and the Vikings who I'm sure he was a huge fan of living in Minnesota and watching his dad play for the Vikes. And I also saw a video of Antoine Winfield Sr., I guess, in the in the stands there at the New Orleans Dome. Mm-hmm. And he was yelling back at Saints fans who were giving him shit. And oh, he was just God. not taking any of it. He was just yelling at them, and it was awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so that, good. that is awesome. Yeah, I didn't see that. That Yeah, I can just see him up there still just pissed. You know, since yeah, it was, it, was, it was right after the fumble, and he was like celebrating like crazy. And the Saint, and he was he was in a section where it was only Saints fans, oh, as I'm sure the whole stadium was. Yeah. And they were down yelling at him, to, like oh, shut up weird. and whatever else. And he just turned around and yelled at every single one of them. I mean, I would too if my kid was out there, you know, sacking some or I mean, stripping the ball in, in a playoff game and then, you know, changing the whole dynamic. I'd be going crazy, especially against a team I hate. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. No. And I'm not messing awesome. with Antoine Winfield. No way. So oh. he can he can say exactly what he needed to say, and no one was going to – well, there's some crazies down there in New Orleans probably, but um, he was probably going to be fine if, if it came to physical physical blows. <laughs> mm-hmm. But totally. I didn't see that video. But, dude, did you guys see Jared Cook? He looked exactly like that frog who cried. Did you see that? No. Um, video on the <laughs> bench when he was his – head, his head was in this towel – and then he looks up at the camera, right at the camera, and his face was super puffy and his eyes were bulging out, and he looked exactly like that crying frog <laughs> that they used to compare to Michael Jordan when he cried. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah. I know. I, know I didn't see the about. picture, but I know the frog. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how we can somehow show our fans that, but um, I can text you guys if it means anything. But it's, it's <laughs> no, I know so what you're talking funny. about. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, oh. I loved how they had that, like, minute-long camera shot of Drew Brees' face just, like, staring onto the field blankly. 
Like he was just so sad. And, yeah. and I, it's like, you know, it's kind of bad to say, but I loved it. I loved every second of him just looking miserable out onto the field, like thinking if this is going to be his last game or whatever. And all the talent they've had the last four years and just to, the way it's ended every single year. It was just satisfying as a Vikings fan to watch. Um, let's hop into this last game here, fellas. Bills beat the Ravens, uh, tied up at halftime, it looks like. 3-3, is that right? And then Bills scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. Looks like Stefan Diggs had himself eight catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, you can't can't forget the, the Chiefs game, too. Um, but there was, um, what's it called? Just the craziest, not, the, not in a good way, just not what I expected that game to be two weeks in a row. Ravens are pretty disappointing when it comes to playoff time, and obviously Lamar is still young, but Allen is young, too. I, I thought, Brady and I both thought that the um, – uh, Ravens were gonna Ravens. were gonna take that game because I'm pretty just, sure you gave it your wake and take guarantee that the Ravens were gonna win the Super Bowl. Did I? Yeah, sounds right. I don't know if it was. <laughs> I know yeah. that was your guarantee, whether it was with this or not. I think you did yeah. guarantee. Wasn't that like I quite did. a while ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, fellas. That's all right. Um, but yeah, that was, it was just really windy. I don't blame them for not getting. Well, the Ravens should have had the advantage. I don't know what happened there. I'm sure Ravens fans don't have a clue what happened either, but. Um, Thanks for sending us the uh, side-by-side picture of Michael Thomas and the uh, crying frog. Who doesn't it look? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look identical. identical. Yeah, I love it. It's identical. His eyes are the same one. <laughs> yeah, it's the lips <laughs> and just the eyes. Yeah, his, but, his eyes are just bulging out like a frog. Oh man, he was not happy. Um, <laughs> Sorry to cut you yeah, off there. Yeah, that was a that was a weird game. The Ravens and Bills, and obviously Lamar Jackson got hurt in the second half and didn't return. Mm-hmm. But I still think the Bills would have pulled away, um, even if Lamar Jackson was in the game. And it was definitely a bummer because if the Ravens would have won, I would have won 2400 bucks. So thank Dang. you, Zach, for your expertise. Mm. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird weekend for quarterbacks. You're right, Zach. We didn't talk about that Chiefs game. But Mahomes went down, too. And I was on the 17th tee box, fellas, looking at my phone. And it was 22-10 with, like, I think it was, like, nine minutes to go in the game or something like that. And I was like, okay, the Chiefs got it locked up. I had no idea that they were looking at Mahomes on the sideline for concussion protocols. And then I get a alert on my phone, you know, 10 minutes later, Mahomes is not going to return to the game. And all of a sudden, it's 22-17. And I was like, whoa, it got close. I was really hoping the Browns were going to pull away with that one. And they were so much closer than the final score says because they had that, um, I think it was a pass. Uh, He got hit at the one-yard line and fumbled it into the end zone for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that, Beal. Um, So they would have had seven points on top of their 17 points, um, which would have made it really interesting. But, yeah, it's. um, I think it's – probably better for us that the Chiefs won so they can take down the Packers. If it comes to that, hopefully Bucks take care of business. But it's going to be dependent on if Patrick Mahomes plays next weekend, obviously, which I no doubt know he's going to play because it's the NFL's star player, and they're going to inject him with as many shots as um, they physically have in that locker room. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I'm not a doctor, and we're not probably qualified to – try to explain this one out, talk this one out, but uh, it didn't look like his head got hit. How does he have a concussion? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what happened that play. He, he got taken down very awkwardly. Yeah. But, yeah, there was no, like, blunt head force. 
from another helmet or anything. He, I thought it was like he kind of got wrangled around the neck. Yeah, I thought I totally thought it was his knee, and but yeah, he looked really woozy. Looks super woozy, and then and then everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, helmet to helmet!" And then look, and no part of his head hit the ground or the guy. Yeah, super I think, awkward. I think what might have happened is he was on the ground and he looked up into the suite. And he saw his brother Jackson Mahomes doing the TikTok dances, <laughs> and he just d- had no idea where he was. He kind of fell into like a, yeah. a slumber. Yeah, the trans state or whatever. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah I was. I was wondering when Jackson Mahomes was going to be brought up today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only issue BG with the concussions, at least, is I don't really know what they can shoot him full of. That's not going <laughs> to. I mean, maybe they can. Maybe they have some sort of anti-concussion serum that can take away the yeah. symptoms or whatever. But I don't know what they can. You know, there's not like a bl- a brain clarity that just like clears the fog in his head and lets him go play. But maybe there is. I don't know. I guess no, I don't think there is. But we should get working on that. Yeah, Zachary, but, our uh, lead doctor. <laughs> Or else they're just going to lie about his symptoms. Yeah, exactly. I could see the quote-unquote independent doctor coming in. Yep, you're good to go. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's how it's been in the NFL up until now at least. But maybe uh, maybe it'll be more strict. I I would be very surprised if you sat this game out as well. Me too. Fellas, anything else wrapping up the NFL weekend? I think... One more thing to touch on that Bucks game is that Tyler Johnson had a huge mm. catch. Oh my gosh! On yes. third yep. down, that was an unbelievable catch away mm-hmm. from his body, falling down towards the out of bounds line, fingertip grab. That was phenomenal, yep. and it's good to see Gophers obviously. And Skip Bayless yeah, tweeted about it. I was just gonna say I saw that Tyler Johnson used to do that all the time. I doubt he ever watched a Gophers game, not even. A yeah, ball, what is he but, talking about? <laughs> no, but, but that was that was awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome to see. I saw some people liking that tweet from uh, Skip Bayless. That yeah. you know, anytime you got a big J journalist tweeting about you, uh, you're doing something right at least. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Tyler Johnson. Definitely doing big things down there in Tampa, or making big catches at least. We'll see if he has any more in in the next hopefully two weeks for the Bucks. Sorry, uh, Packer fans. Um. All right, let's move on. NCAA. Uh, BG. We were going to talk a little Iowa. If Andy came on, Andy's not here. Let's just hop right into Gophers. They knocked off Michigan. I think it was like 72-57. I don't have the final score right in front of me here, but something like that. Uh, yeah. Another handily, you know, beating a top 10 team at home. I mean, this is like the third time the Gophers have done this. Just destroyed a, a really good basketball team. And it's bringing back to Randy's theory from last week that maybe it is that home ball that we're using that's different than every other ball in the Big 10 because whatever it is, we're playing way way better at home right now. Yeah, we're going to have to do some extensive research into that ball theory. Um, so, Randy, that could be a project for him in the future. But, yeah, it absolutely makes no sense because there's obviously no fans at home or away, and we play unbelievable at home with beating Iowa, just killing Michigan, the last undefeated team in the Big Ten, um, killing Michigan State. It's remarkable what we've done with no fans there. And we play absolutely atrocious on the road. So at, at this point, it's so much of an outlier that I think it has to be due in a large part to the ball or at least something else that we're not thinking about because it's, it's very strange. These results we're getting, but hopefully we have a lot more home games coming up because we're playing really well right now in the, in the middle of the big 10 league season. And I mean, this is great for our big, our um, March madness tournament resume, Right now, with the teams we're knocking off and the 
and the way we're knocking them off too. We're mm-hmm. trouncing teams when they come to the barn. So hopefully that continues, but I really hope we figure out how to win um, on the road. I don't know who we have next, but hopefully it's one of the easier uh, Big Ten opponents as we kind of went on a tough stretch there. Yeah, and to touch on that, according to ESPN, I, I think they put it out that the Gophers played um, eight. I want to say it was eight. Let me just count here. Right, I think it was eight consecutive AP top twenty-five teams, the most anyone has ever played since twenty eleven. St. John's played seven uh, AP wow. top twenty-five teams in a row. So, I mean, a historically hard schedule for, for this Gophers team, but something that you know they handled very well. I think we were. Uh, like four and will we four and four through all of them? Let me see here. Iowa yeah, we beat. So. We beat Michigan State. We lost to Wisconsin, so that's two and one. Beat Ohio State three and one. Lost to Michigan three and two. Lost to Iowa three and three. I guess it was only seven. So seven in a row. I think oh. uh, St. John's had six in a row because I know we were one more than what they were. Uh, but four and three through that seven game stretch against you know a gauntlet schedule in the Big Ten, and now it gets a, a way easier. Uh, we were supposed to play. Um, Nebraska on Wednesday, that game has been postponed uh, with, with COVID testing. We're scheduled to play um, home against Maryland on Saturday. We'll see what happens uh, if that game is actually played or not. But home, as of now, our next game is on Saturday, BG. Yeah, um, and obviously every game in the Big Ten matters. Uh, Nebraska is a really bad team this year, and Maryland isn't doing too hot. But it's the Big Ten, and any given night, a team can beat another team. So hopefully we – don't just simply glance over those games and we take it seriously and hope to get a better record overall and in the big 10 league. Exactly. And, and kind of looking at that big 10, I mean, or the standings right now for the big 10, as you mentioned, Michigan handing them their first loss in, in the big 10. And I think in the season, right They're Yeah. They're 11 and yeah. one. So uh, the previously undefeated Wolverines go down and then you're looking at a two way tie at the top with Michigan and the Iowa Hawkeyes both at six and one, Badgers at five and two, Ohio State five and three, Illinois five and three, Purdue five and three, and then your Minnesota Golden Gophers at four and four, two and a half games back. Uh, currently, certainly not out of it. I mean, looking at the schedule we had and the schedule coming up, no reason why the Gophers can't rattle off six or seven wins in a row. I mean, yes, it's it's a really tough Big Ten, but you know this is the easiest part of the schedule. We got. Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, Indiana, all of those games, all those teams outside of the top 25 before we play Illinois then on uh, February 20th, a, a top 25 team. But looking at the schedule right now, there's only one top 25 team, and that's Illinois at 22 in our last 10, 11 games here this season. So no reason that the Gophers can't be in the conversation of winning a Big Ten championship at the end of this season. Um, let me see here. I was going to go through a little AP top 25, um, and just kind of see where we're at here. I believe it's week nine, uh, in in college basketball this week. If I can get back to the top 25. Yeah, there we go. I don't even know what our new ranking is because didn't that come out today? Yeah, we're 17 now in the AP poll. We are number 17 up six spots from last week. Um, 23 okay. last week. Gonzaga still number one, 14 and 0. Baylor number two at 12 and 0. Then Villanova. I mean, and Iowa number four there. But really, those top few teams are so good. And Villanova is eight and one, and they haven't. You know, they've barely even had a season. Uh, and like when they put it all together, Villanova could be 
uh, one of the best teams in the country, really. And as we work towards March Madness here, we'll certainly be looking at some of those squads as potential matchups for the Gophers if they can get to a Sweet 16. And it'd be really fun to play one of those top elite programs, one of the Gonzaga, the Baylors, the you know Michigans in a Sweet 16, and even a Kansas. I mean, how cool it would be to knock off one of those big blue blood programs, BG, in a second weekend of March Madness, or to get to a second weekend of March Madness. I mean, that just that just gets me going right now. Yeah, it'd be awesome, and I cannot wait for March Madness, especially since that got stripped of us last se- or last year because that was right when stuff was closing mm-hmm. because of COVID. But, yeah, it'd be great if the Gophers could make a run in it um, in the March Madness tournament. We've never seen that in our lifetimes, uh, at least a considerable run mm-hmm. in the tournament. And I think we have uh, what it takes to take a deep run in the tournament. Obviously, it's going to depend on our matchups. Um in the March Madness tournament, but we are good enough and deep enough to beat a lot of teams as we've, as the Gophers have shown by beating Michigan, Iowa, uh, whoever else that we've beaten so many teams that are in the top 25 that if we bring it and everybody plays well, plays hard, we play defense, we shoot well, I think we can beat practically every team in the country, maybe save Gonzaga, but with that being said, we've also seen how we play on the road and we could lose to another 12 seed if mm-hmm. we're the five seed. So hopefully we bring it and we're a, we're a ready team by that time of the season. Yeah, we got to get a petition to move uh, March Madness to Williams Arena. I mean, we'd be a lock. We might be number one yeah. seed heading into that tournament. I mean, just the way we shoot the ball at home is, is insane. But I think if they bring that defensive pressure they showed um, on Saturday against Michigan, they can beat anybody. When this team defends and, and communicates on defense and everyone's, you know, active on defense and alert and just, you know, shows an effort. It shows a Gabe Kelsher level effort on defense because we don't get that night in and night out from Marcus Carr. We usually get that from Marcus Carr and, and he's kind of where, where he goes, the team goes. But, but when you get guys like Carr and, and alongside Kelsher, who's always doing it, and, and the guys behind him, everyone's locking in on defense. They're super hard to beat. I mean, they held Michigan, one of the best teams in the country, a Final Four team in my mind, to 57 points. I mean, this is a Michigan team that that destroyed us just two weeks ago, or not even two weeks ago, like a week, uh, 10 days ago, and put up, I think it was like 75 points, no, 82 points. You know, they, we, we flipped the script on them from just a week, and I think that has a lot to do with the focus and the effort on defense. And when they defend well, they can beat anyone. And when they share the basketball, same thing. You know, they can beat anybody. And it's just, are you going to get that consistent performance from Liam and Robbins on the inside? Can you start building games on top of each other now? You have four wins against top 25 teams. Very good resume so far, like halfway through the Big Ten schedule. Now the schedule gets a lot easier. Can you keep getting better? You've gone through the gauntlet of your schedule. Now can you just keep stacking good games and good games on top and just trying to make little steps? Because if they can do that, BG... I think the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah, I think so too. We have what it takes, and I hope we bring it. And it might be interesting to see too. Maybe we should look into it. What ball they use for the March Madness tournament? Yeah, we we have probably to not going to be the ball we use, but hopefully it's not <laughs> what our opponents are using in the Big Ten. Exactly. We need to do a full investigative report into that, uh, and I'll start doing some digging this week. Do some reading. We'll Ballgate. We'll, yeah, Ballgate we got to figure it out for the people because this is, you know, this is ridiculous and this has some major implications in our betting uh, as well, BG. (laughs) 
Um, Ramblin' Rick, how you doing? You ready to uh, to go with with Ramblin' Rick Tales of the Week? Yeah, I'm ready whenever. We took a, I know Beal, you were talking a little bit about it before, and I'm going a completely different direction. Oh, all right. A, a little screwball you're throwing on me here. Yes, sir. I love it. I think it. You'll, right. it'll be worth it. All right, hit me. Cocaine hippos. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I honestly, I have no idea. I've never heard those two words put together or written out before. Besides this morning, I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw something about cocaine hippos and I just kind of kept scrolling. But I've never <laughs> even seen those words together. So, dude, in, in me, neither. me neither. Yeah, um, I didn't. And I was looking at just through the news here and I was, and this, this one's a keeper. Um, it's, it has to do with Pablo Escobar. And he, when he was in his, um, his heyday in, in Colombia, this doesn't go too much into depth about Pablo Escobar. And you guys probably know a little more about, I, I never really researched him too much. Didn't get into him, but mm-hmm. apparently he wanted a zoo, mm-hmm. uh, a zoo, private zoo on his, in his ranch in, in, um, Colombia. And so he brought hippopotamuses to a zoo and they, now at this time, like he, when he got, when he died, they just kept the hippopotamuses there. And I think the zoo is still probably there. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the hippopotamuses didn't go anywhere. And apparently they're breeding at such a substantial rate that they're now posing a threat to the environment. And they, um, what's called at this current rate, there will be 400 to 500 hippopotamuses, um, by the year. Let me find it. Um, in the next 10 years it appears here next 10 years oh they didn't give a time frame um they said that's going to be very problematic it said it's up from 35 there are more than 80 currently um and from at 2 on 12 there were 35 and so they're they're multiplying and they're taking away the different ecosystem uh like the different food and the water and the, the resources that's what I'm looking for resources in the ecosystem that other animals that are native to uh, Columbia acquire to survive. And so now they're thinking about either their their options here and they're thinking of killing them. Um, thinking of killing off the hippopotamuses, but they, and people in, in Columbia have started to like the hippos. So they don't, they're at a, they're at a standstill here. So they're not sure what to do. And that's, that's what the article says. Wow. So let me just back up here. So, couple of these hippos were originally from Pablo Escobar's zoo. They like broke out somehow or, and they started reproducing and now they're just kind of invasive, like an invasive species almost to Colombia. And there's going to be like four to 500 of them in some unknown time frame. So what happened is that in the eighties, he, um, it says he imported one male hippo and three him- female hippos. Um, and he built a zoo pretty much a private zoo on his land. Wow. Um, they were some, some of the animals at his ranch, they said when he died were relocated, but the hippos were too hard to move because they were yeah. so big um, and they're hard to capture. They said, and so they began to just uh, repopulate the area and the government said they were, try, they tried to kill him off after he died and they just kind of let him some, some, I, I, it sounds as if, it sounds as if they were not in pens, really. They just kind of were free to roam around his property. So I'm assuming some are some are out in the wild there. Um, mm-hmm. But they said in 
they're taking like they're going to castrate a couple of them and they've castrated four of them since 2011 sterilized two females but it said it did not have a huge impact on reproduction and so yeah it sounds like they're just kind of roaming roaming colombia that's what that's what the article appears to sound like so they've just gotten out and now they're part of the ecosystem and and they've never you know they were in africa but the thing the reason why they would be super controversial to kill them off is because they're a danger they're endangered species in africa but there's just no real way they can get them over back to africa so if they could find a way then i think they could kill two birds with a stone get them out of colombia and get them over to africa but i don't think they can do that yeah dang that that is insane but so now the locals are starting to like the hippos a little bit and they want them they yeah. want them to be killed yep um they did however one one man was was seriously injured by a hippo attack in a hippo attack this year Otherwise, people have gotten used to them, and they just see them, and it's now part of the the landscape. I, they've been there for well in the mid '80s, so yeah, you guys, the viewers can do the math on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna embarrass myself, uh, but they they're now kind of a tourist attraction to the to the area. So they're trying to find alternative solutions, but they just can't at the moment. So as of now, there's just hippos in Colombia. Yeah, Who knew? actually, the so now I was watching some wonton Don from. Barstool Sports, he was down in Colombia and he went to go see Pablo's hippos at some park or whatever. So that's why that, that was the tweet I saw about it. But oh, it's sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's that's insane. I had no idea that was just all started with Pablo Escobar trying to bring in some hippos for a private zoo and clearly didn't do enough work putting a fence up or whatever was necessary or the government just let them go, let them roam free and create a big problem, but yeah, they def- that's definitely an issue rambling Rick. Yeah, it really, it says they've reached a hundred miles east of the city in which they originally came from. So <laughs> they're multiplying. Wow. And are the hippos themselves actually on cocaine or is that just, uh, <laughs> they, the, I assume the, they're title, not. the title cocaine hippos, I think was in reference to Pablo Escobar purchasing it with cocaine, purchasing them with cocaine money. Gotcha. Okay. I was wondering, that was my same thought too. Yeah. I was like, well, I have to find yeah. out more. I was, fi- yeah, you know, just figuring there, but maybe that was helping their reproduction or something. They're just found a way to do Coke, I guess. And, yeah. You never know, you know, you don't know until you try it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. I love it. I love it. Cocaine hippos. That's uh, definitely a, a good tale for tales of the week. Um, be a cool band name. Say that again. Be a cool band name. Yeah, it would. That is a great band name. I think it, Ramblin' Rick, you mean you might need to start that band. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking in my head when you first said Cocaine Hippos. Like, is that a band name? Because that would be a good one. Yeah. Could be our Waking Hope band name. Yeah. I okay. It's official. We are the Cocaine Hippos. <laughs> I love it. I love Wonderful. It. <laughs> all right. Last segment here. New segment. Best thing I saw all week. Totally ripping off SVP. Uh, I don't know if that's the exact verbiage he uses, but absolutely we're ripping him off. Um, so BG, I'll let you start. Best thing you saw this week. The best thing I saw this week was a stat. So it was the best stat I saw, and I saw it on Twitter, and it's relating to college basketball. And it's that with the new AP rankings coming out yesterday on Monday, uh, the new top 25, it's the first time since 1982, so 38 years ago is that? Yeah, 38 years ago that neither Duke or North Carolina have been ranked in the top 25. So nearly 40 Whoa. years 
uh, Duke and UNC have always been together um, in the top 25. And I think that's awesome just because powerhouses come and go. Um, but it seems like in college basketball, Duke and UNC are always there. So it'll be interesting to see if this is a sustained thing where Duke and UNC aren't going to be the powerhouses anymore. I highly doubt that. But it's cool just to see these different names that we're seeing on, on top of college basketball. Like recently, Baylor, who's been number one before, and they've been number two this whole season. Um, it's it's just cool to see that and a cool stat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime uh, you got Duke outside of the top 25, I'm, I'm going to be happy for sure. Uh, very cool. Very cool stat, PG. Zachary? Um, I think the whole world saw this one, but I thought it was just too cool to to not mention um, is Tom Brady throwing passes to Breeze's kids after the game. I just felt like I knew those. I felt like I knew them when I was watching that. I just felt sad. I felt like it was an end. It almost felt like a family reunion when you haven't seen your cousins for a while or something. You're just standing around talking and throwing a football around. I don't know. It just felt like it was a special moment. Okay. It was special. Yeah. No, it was, it was cool. I mean, that little camera shot they had from the bleachers too. And that, one of like Breeze's kids is like jumping on top of the other one, and dude, like, that's that yeah. was so funny. And then, then she's doing, kids. yeah, she's doing like cartwheels over her brother, uh, yeah. or whatever. That was super funny. And then that Tom, was awesome. Yeah, Tom walks off the field and gives one of his kids a high five and starts like pointing at the other one and saying something. It was just a cool moment for sure. Yeah, really was. Alrighty, and the best thing I saw this week uh, was an old buddy of mine, Josh, uh, played football and basketball with him back in high school and. He posted on his story this week something that just, you know, was really cool, I thought. Um, he's looking to to get some coats together to give to the homeless people in Minneapolis. And Josh is with us tonight, and he's going to share a little bit about what he's doing. Josh, what are you up to? Hey, uh, yeah, so um, it all started off uh, just, uh, I believe, yeah, yesterday. I'm home from the um, gym, and I see this lady at the corner, uh, the same corner downtown all the time, you know, and I handed her two bucks and I was going to get food. So I decided like, you know, let me go get some food for her as well. But at the same time, as all I was thinking about that, I saw her shivering, you know, and that really hit me deep because I'm like, I'm handing her $2. I'd rather hand her a coat, a blanket, you know, something, mm-hmm. something more, you know, and I went and got her food, but I think she might've caught the bus or somewhere I don't know but you know but it just gave me the idea of you know I want to what I want to do is not only me but I want to inspire others to just throughout the day or throughout their lives like whatever your whatever coats jackets hoodies scarves gloves whatever you know you're not using that is still in good condition you know put it in your car and if you're downtown often or even in that area often or even if you're not just take the time out of one of your days to drive around and, you know, if you see someone on the side of the street, you know, and it's obvious, you know, hand them a coat, give them a, man, give them a full outfit if you can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what really, you know, that's what I'm really looking for out of it. You know, when it, with the Venmo, you know, I, I personally could care less about the money. I would rather have everybody just, you know, you could spend your own money and, you know, go get it. But I understand that's not, easy for everybody to do so um i do have uh, my private demo set up right now um if people want to send money to that and i also have a cash app as well it could be a, a dollar it could be 50 cents like 
I don't care. Anything is going to help because mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be putting my own personal money in as well. I'm going to go to, you know, Burlington, Macy's, you know, wherever and get, you know, nice quality jackets and coats, peak coats. And I'm going to take the time out of my day this weekend and go around and pass them all out. And if I can't get them all out in that day, then if it takes a whole year, I don't care. You know, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life and hopefully inspire others to do and, you know, just keep building from it to the point where, you know, we're getting, you know, these homeless people into homes, you know, rather than giving them clothes. Now we're giving them, not giving them homes, but helping them get into homes or jobs, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. And yeah, at a time when, when we need it and and our world needs it more than ever before, I, I think it's, it's awesome what you're doing, Josh. And, We'll put up all the details on our social media pages where uh, if you want to send money, if you want to send jackets, or even if you're just looking for a place to go and, and find somebody to give a jacket to, we'll put all that on there. We'll we'll tag Josh in it. So if you have any questions, please reach out to him and give what you can. I mean, I think we're, we're, at, a, we're at a tough point in our world right now. And, and you know, kindness goes a long way. And, and a simple gesture like giving a few bucks or giving a jacket or, or bringing a hot meal go, goes a long way for somebody. Yeah, you know, you just, you know, that, that meal could have, that's something that person could have been worrying about that, you know, when they woke up that morning, you know, wherever they lay their head, you know, woke up like, man, what am I going to eat today? And here comes you with that hot meal, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, bless their hearts. And I would like to thank um, my partners as well, um, Ordinary uh, Design Studios, and I'd like to thank the, my sponsor, um, Avanti for sponsoring this as well. And I'd like to thank you, Brady, for giving me the opportunity and the platform to speak up and spread the word. It's, you know, it's, it's great. I, just, I hope this reaches not only Minnesota, but all around to the point where, you know, it's it's just a natural thing that you do throughout your week. You know, you're just mm-hmm. randomly handing out coats, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, I'll definitely um, leave you with the information. And um, if you want to post that, that'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you can find that. We'll, we'll put it on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, and maybe Josh, you can repost it to your people as well. And, and we'll try to get, you know, as much help as we can and just, you know, do what you can. Uh, so Josh, I know you're busy. You're in the gym right now, just calling in and give us some of your time. So uh, I know you got to get back to training. You're a Mai Tai guy, MMA. So get back in there and start <laughs> kicking some ass. Oh yeah, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Appreciate you, and again, thank you to Josh for for calling in and sharing what he's doing. We need more stories like this. Uh, and it's, it's cool to see somebody stepping up in, in a big way. I encourage you all to do the same. Uh, we'll post all that stuff uh, online. So go check it out. If you want to get in contact with Josh or to donate or just know where to bring coats, uh, we'll put his handle uh, on our pages. So go check that out. We'll be back later this week, Friday morning, new episode coming out. We're going to preview the championship games, AFC and NFC with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. See you guys later this week. And day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know it's a game I hate to lose I'm feeling strange Oh, ain't it a shame 
Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Yeah. Beginning to think that I'm wasting time I don't understand the things I do The world outside looks so unkind I'm counting on you Carry me through. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? Guitar's coming through to soothe me Thanks for the joy that you've given me I want you to know that I believe in your song Oh yeah Rhythm and rhyme and harmony You help me along Now making me strong Free my soul, I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away, drift away. Don't, don't, don't. Give me the people, free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Don't you take me away?